0: This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is The Games We Play. So last evening I got the most incredible gift. And this gift is is nothing I can really put a dollar value on. And that's it's strange because for me my entire life, up until fairly recently, a gift has been something tangible. A gifts gift has been something that I can hold in my hand and say, I got this gift. This gift is a lot different now. This gift is actually the gift of spending one-on-one time alone without Lindsay with Gianna. My, you know, my stepdaughter, bonus daughter. I'll admitly, I I look at her as my daughter. She's none of those things. She's my daughter. So I I get to play a board game with Gianna. This is the first time that I can ever remember her and I one on one playing a board game. And she's eight years old and incredibly intelligent. She's articulate. She's like a little adult. It's really phenomenal because I don't remember being that advanced at eight years old. I mean, of course, I see her communicating with her friends and other people in her peer group, and and she happens to come from a great gene pool between Lindsay and her ex-husband. That. She is actually very intelligent, so it makes playing a board game almost a strategic battle with someone of my own age and, and intellect. She, she had admittedly might be more intelligent than I am. I, I don't have any idea at this point. But I get to play this one-on-one game with her, and it's just her and I at the, at the kitchen table. You know, Lindsay's out with her friends and spending some time for just her, which I love, and it's her and I, you know, she wants to play Monopoly. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, she comes in the office, I'm doing a little bit of work, she goes, will you play Monopoly with me? Of course, phone goes down. Love to play Monopoly with you. Give me just a couple minutes to wrap things up. And so I go and get Monopoly out. And I'm expecting, again, foolish me, I haven't admittedly played board games with her, so I, don't, I, don't, I know where our board games are at, but I've never went through them. I've never, I've never taken inventory of what these board games are. So she tells me, I know where Monopoly's at. It's all the way in the top. She can't reach it. You know, she's obviously eight, so it's at the top of a shelf, and it's at the top of the stack of, of games. And so I go in and I get this Monopoly game out. It's not like a normal Monopoly game. You know, I'm thinking the time-honored classic Monopoly, the one that almost always ends in some sort of family fight or discussion that lasts, you know, six or seven hours because of strategy and there's multiple houses and condos and all this stuff. Well, they've we have as a family or someone has created this Monopoly game that's actually a Monopoly game based around Mario Kart. Yes, the Mario Kart, I mean, as I said before, I'm 34, so Mario Kart from either, gosh, I don't remember if that was Super Nintendo or Nintendo 64 or whatever it was, but the Mario Kart game with Mario and Luigi and the princess and Donkey Kong is what this game is based around. So, it's, it's watered down. It's more gamified for us, you know, for, for Gianna and I, for someone of her age. So, it's 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 so much different than the Monopoly we played, as, as I played as a child. So, we start playing this game, and Giano's played it before. She's played it with Lindsay before, and I don't know when they got it. You know, I'm obviously not home nearly as much as I should be to not have any idea when the hell they played this game, but I don't have any idea that this game even exists, let alone when they played it. But she seems like an expert. Like These pieces go here, and these cards go there, and here's how we play, and here's the coins, and she's mapping all this out for me. Well, of course, there's instructions in the box, but I don't read the instructions. I mean, number one, I'm a man, and number two, I trust the fact that she knows what she's doing. I mean, that's just what we do. So we sit down and we roll the die, and she starts playing. and. We go round and round, and then there's some logic that kicks in that just doesn't make sense to me. Where, you know, she's out of coins, and it takes coins to go around the board, and so it's almost like the old game again that I used to play. And I'm a guess that most of you guys used to play. When you used to land on somebody's property, you had to pay them with cash. You had to pay them rent for that property while you were sitting there. Well, in the Mario Kart game, you pay, play with little coins, like a one point coin or a five point coin, much like the video games used to play. You know, you race around the track, and you want to click the coins, and those come in your bank account. But instead of dollars, they play with coins. And so we're playing this and she's out of coins. And admittedly, I don't believe anything should come easy. I'm certainly not laying up on her on this game of chance. You know, I'm playing to win. I don't believe that you should ever intentionally let a child win something because I don't think that's a good message. I think that, you know, life is pros and cons. It's black and white. It's successes and failures. There is no layup in this opportunity. So we're playing and again it's a game of chance. So how aggressive can I be? You know, we're rolling dice and going around the board, but as we go around and keep going around, I'm winning pretty handedly. I own most of the properties on the board. She doesn't have any money left. And I'm sitting to thinking like this doesn't make any sense. Like this this game is illogical. You know, who would play this game? So we keep going and going and there's just this massive distribution of wealth that's 95% on my side and 5% on her side. And so I finally call a timeout. You know, we've been playing for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, and it's it's fun. Like, we're laughing, and she's having a good time, and she's telling me how to play. I'm like, all right, hold on, John. Let me just take a minute and read these instructions. Like, if something's not making sense, how do we know when this game's ever over? Is it when I take all your money? Like, what's the finite, what's the final, you know, saga? What's, what's When does this end? And so I read these directions. And it takes me, you know, five minutes or so, and she's very patient. She feeds the dogs and lets them outside, and she's laughing because, you know, I'm talking to her about them. And come to find out that in her adolescent mind, I'm sure so sure she was playing the game exactly as you should, and maybe the way that her and Lindsay were playing it. But we just happened to have not been playing the game the right way. Like, we never stopped to read the instructions. Or at least I didn't. I fully trusted when she started owning the situation, this is how you do things, that that's just how we did them. That's how the game gets played. And so as I'm reading the instructions. I'm like, all right, Johnny, Here, let me let me explain to you what we haven't done as good as we could have, and here's how we're going to wrap this up together. So we go through the real rules of the game and the real. Every time you pass go, instead of collecting $200, you have to have a fight with, you know, what ends up being a, you know, an evil character from the video game. And as you have these fights, it takes coins to fight, and if you win, you get a certain outcome, and if you lose, you get nothing. And so we're supposed to do that every time you pass go. So there's only 10 cards, so it would have been. John and I both pass and go five times. We passed five, we pass go five times in the past 20 minutes. We probably passed go 30 times. So of course we're out of money. Of course there's a unequal distribution of wealth. Like that's what's going on right now based off the fact that we didn't read the darn directions. And so we wrap it up and we're laughing because it's, it's nowhere close. Like she, she's trying to tally up the amount of points she has. And I think she has, you know, let's say a hundred points. And I have more than a hundred coins, not even coining, including the points that we win. So we wrap it up and we you know clean up the board game and we put all the stuff back right where it goes. And so I'm really big on lessons. Every time I get to spend one-on-one time with her, I want it to be impactful and meaningful. I don't want it to be just going through the motions like what's the point in that? I get so little time with her between, you know, selfish commitments of, of my own and then work and then, you know, she's spend time with her father, you know, 45 or 50% of the time. There's just so few interactions, so I have to make sure that they're impactful and meaningful. If not for her, for me, like I, I need that to feed my soul. So I sit down and we talk about, you know, what, it, what are some things that we can learn from this? What, what did we gather from what we just went through? And she's, you know, trying to guess. And she's very surface level to start with, which is surprising because again, she's incredibly intelligent. You know, she's relating it all to the top level surface of the game. It's all oh, you need to roll higher numbers so you get around the board faster. And that's all oh, you need more money so you can buy more property. And these are things that she's saying she's learning and they're all right. None of those things are wrong. But fortunately, I'm able to start peeling back some of the layers with her. And we get all the way down to what I'll call the surface layer of this particular game. And the surface level of the game is you have to know the rules before you begin to play the game, or how can you ever know if you win? You, you just can't. And so before we start any game, we're going to sit down and read the instructions together and have a clear understanding between us what the desired outcome is going to be. Which is great as it applies to a board game, but that's also how it needs to apply to life. Like, how can you win the situation if you don't know what the situation is you're getting into with a clear expectation of what success looks like, you're almost damning yourself for failure. Like it's almost a guarantee because if, if every player in the game doesn't know how to play, or you, you're all playing under different rules, how do you come out with a W at the end of the day? Well, you can't. Like it just doesn't work. So when that not working, like now it starts to make sense to her that, as we say in Warrior, like details matter. Like the details of every situation truly matter. The details of How you show up for your family matter. The details of how you take care of yourself matter. The details of how you show up at work matters. The details of contracts matter. Like Details matter in every aspect of life. But how often is it that we're able to just turn a blind eye because someone else told us how to do something? And we assume that that person's an authority figure. We assume that because our boss says to do it this way that this is the only way it could be done. We didn't climb up the ladder and see if there's a better way to do it. We didn't take some time and be creative in our own mind and and formulate if there's a better way to find success. We're assuming the fact that because this man or woman that's our quote unquote leader has told us to do it this way, that this is the best way to find success. That's foolish. Like we need to water it all the way back down to this children's monopoly game where the details of the instructions end up mattering as they always will, as they always do. Like it's incredible how many times in life I know me personally that I've just turned a blind eye to the details. You know, not reading a contract, just signing my name because it's quote unquote boiler point or, you know, not asking business partners what the desired outcomes are. So we have a fight or disagreement or there's, there's funds that don't get to the right people. Like all these things have happened and they've happened consistently because for me, details haven't mattered. But I'm I'm explaining this to John and we come up with the mutual agreement that details do matter. It just creates this bonding experience. It creates this life lesson that truly ends up having value. And it's not all heavy, you know, we're laughing and we share this message with each other. And then we end up, you know, snuggling on the couch. I put her to bed. She reads me a story and it's great. Like the night ends up phenomenally well. When I look at life, like I said, I just can't help but question how many times are the games that we're playing in life not played the right way, not played with the full instruction, not played with a full deck of cards. For me, it's been a tremendous amount of times, but the, the wonderful part about this is it's a mental shift. Like I can control this tomorrow. Admittedly, I can control this today. I can control this right now. How I show up and how I act and operate is based off of what I want to put into the situation, but also what I want the desired outcome to be. And I used to think this meant manipulation in my 20s. I used to think, you know, if I wanted to become successful, you know, how could I kind of lie, cheat, and steal and maneuver my way into a place of power? Well, that's not how I view this at all now. Admittedly, how it's viewed to me at this moment is if I want the desired outcome to be won't say business right now because I'm sitting in my office. If we want to do a million dollars a month in revenue, what does it take to get there? Like, What are the action items that are required? Do I understand them? Do I buy in from the team inside the office? Do I buy in from the universe, the world of other people that don't work here that also would have to support me to get to that goal? If I don't have buy in from everybody with a clear determination on how we're going to arrive, I don't think it's very likely we're ever going to arrive there. Same thing, let's say, in a relationship. It might be in your situation. You know it you want a wedding or a marriage that's on fire. You want you know, sexual intimacy. You want things to be just incredible. You want them to be like they were when you first started dating your significant other. But you don't even know at this point what your significant other wants. You might not know what you want. So how can you have the relationship that you had 7, 8, 10, 12 years ago without taking time to actually get to know that person again? How's that work? It doesn't. You're not going to create the path to get you to the success that you're looking for without having a clear understanding between the two of you of what success looks like. Maybe success to you is, you know, from where you're at now, maybe it's sex once a week. You know, we're going to make this really watered down. Maybe it's sexual intimacy once a week. But maybe your partner, it's once a month. So in that once a month versus once a week criteria, there's going to be a place where unless you have an understanding of what you're shooting for, you're not going to ever get there. And obviously a woman's much different than a man. Like a woman you have to pour into mentally and and show up and be present. You have to do things. Like they're not, they're not just able to most women, in my experience, are not just able to show up and put out. Like they need to feel like their cup is full and every other aspect to have that be something they enjoy. So for me as a man, if I expect intimacy with Lindsay, I need to make sure that every day consistently she feels that love and passion for me so that when that day comes and that time comes that it's a very easy transition it's not that it's uh, that she expects that she has to give it to me it's the fact that I've earned my way into it and it's the next logical step it's no different than rolling dice to go around the monopoly board you get to you know park place you know one of the blue squares right before go and you know the next time you roll no matter what happens you're going to pass go you're going to collect the $200 well that's the same thing for life that's the same thing for your relationship you have to put yourself in that position to make sure that happens so how many different places in your life could you come up with, whether it's in your body and not being as physically fit as you want, whether it's you know maybe your relationship with your husband or wife that it's just not as on fire as you need it to be. Maybe it's in your business that you want the promotion, but you don't really know how to get to these things. When's the last time you sat down and figured out the plan and spoke to somebody that can help you create a plan and then execute the plan and hold you accountable for it? Every day, some of these things would have to happen. You'd have to put one foot in front of the other every day attacking these goals in order to reach a desired outcome. So through that, you could say that every day, you have to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to RyanNidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.